I'm about to make a bold claim right now, people. And I and I, I'm going to be very confident when I say this, man. If there was a horror director out here or a director in general, because this man has done movies that are outside of the horror genre. He was just not a one trick pony, even though people wanted him to be. He was not. But if there was a director, a writer director who was the Tupac Shakur of this shit, of posthumous news and releases, it's fucking George A. Romero. He is the Tupac Shakur of the of the genre of directing whatever because even in death this man's name is still ringing bells man for better or worse this man is going to be around forever is one of the reasons one of the single reasons man that i am able to do what i do today man um night of the living dead i've said this time after time after time i never get tired of saying it that movie is the reason why I not not became because I believe I was born this way, but I found my calling as a writer, man. Not so much a podcaster. I didn't know I wanted to be that until later on in life when I got a lot older. But me being me finding my calling as a writer and really grabbing the horns of this shit and just going crazy with it and just being imaginative with it and just realizing you can you can create whatever you want on paper and film it and all that uh, all that shit man night of the living dead is the reason behind that man george a romero is the reason behind that he's the goat people already know how i feel about this guy man like when george a romero passed away what was it 2016 was it 2017 i'm not sure exactly but rest in peace shout out to the goat man when i got the new when i saw the notification on my phone pop up that george a. romero passed away i went home and cried y'all no bullshit and no shame in me saying this shit man i was in my feelings it was a dark day i was like wait this he can't die you know the guy who made movies about the undead and uh, you know creep show and dark half and things like that i said he can't go no nah, this has got to be a joke but no it wasn't man and i you know the the genre needs george a romero especially the state that the you know the world is in right now he was going to say some shit in his movies man he was one of the first guys that i experienced social commentary on on screen with and i didn't really understand a lot of the themes that he was he was putting forth in night of the living dead you know dawn of the dead dawn of the dead is consumerism at its finest man at its peak that was 1978 and uh it was the consumerism theme was just so amazing uh that was just wrapped up in this in in these zombie movies man even day of the dead and land land of the dead man resonated during um you know like when it was like election year and all that other shit um it, it land of the dead was crazy because kaufman you know dennis hopper's character was he was he's trump he's donald trump i don't give a shit man that's trump right there i don't know if george a romero was predicting the future but the man has always been ahead of the curve here man now as far as the 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 social commentary in diary of the dead while i don't really care for that movie social commentary was definitely definitely there and george a romero even does a cameo in one of those scenes in that movie where he's playing like this military guy who's you know basically cleaning up what they you know he's like yeah everything's okay nothing to see here he's basically doing the officer bar brady shit on national television and the guy that's holding a camera throughout the entire movie of um 
or the majority of the movie in in uh, Diary of the Dead, he's like, yo, they, they deleted the footage. They edited the footage to make it seem like nothing really happened. That, you know, that these motherfucking zombies ain't really coming back. You know, TV cover-up and TV conspiracy theories and, and uh, media media frenzies, mass hysteria that they, that they talked about in the first movie. You know what I'm saying? Um, Survival of the Dead, I'm not going to hold y'all. It's one of those movies I, I cannot do it. I don't like it. Um, it is it is complete left field in comparison to what the other movies were. Now, I know that George A. Romero didn't really look at his movies as sequels, as he said in the interview. He looked at his films as like standalone type of things. Like you want to watch, you want to be able to watch Night of the Living Dead and believe that that is like, uh, that, that, that act is very final at the end of it. You want to be able to watch Dawn of the Dead and be like, wow, this isn't really connected to Night of the Living Dead at all. It stands on its own, but in this world that they've created, the zombies just, they, they grow in numbers and they learn to communicate, which was hinted at in Night of the Living Dead. I don't know if he knew it, but that cemetery zombie picking up that brick and breaking Barbara's window, that was a sign that these motherfuckers aren't stupid. They're shambling around. Yeah, but they're not stupid. They're using weapons to get what they need to get and get their food. And they even did that, you know, when the, when they took the, they took the power out in the house when they're breaking in at the end of the original movie. And, you know, they pick up uh, table legs and they pick up bricks and rocks to bash through the doors and the windows and shit. Land of the Dead was foreshadowed in 1968, man. I don't know if he knew it or not, but it was. But I uh, like Survival of the Dead is it's just a bad film for me, man. I just it, it's very hard to watch. The dialogue is cringe. The acting is terrible in that movie, man. Uh, and the and the zombie bits like it's like. It's like they took some of the CG from Land of the Dead and just made it look like worse. Like there's bad green screen, the zombie hits, some of the zombie hits and the gore CG in there. And it's like it the concept's a little weird, but I like maybe it could have worked. I'm not sure, man. But I just I'm not a fan of that movie. You know, I did an episode years ago where I think this is when I first started this, man, like three years ago, when I was talking about how you know, George A. Romero's Dead Saga, it, it it never really got the credit it deserved. And if it doesn't, I understand why in the sense that I, I know for me, I, I'm, go, I'm making a really long segue right now. People, trust me, I'm getting into the news here. But for me, like as the movies went on after Dawn of the Dead, I was never emotionally invested in any of those characters, not in Day of the Dead, not in Land of the Dead, Diary, Survival, like it just took this particular toll with the characters for me where i didn't really i'm watching it for the zombies now day of the dead is is a masterpiece for sure underrated masterpiece but i don't have an emotional attachment to any of those characters not even uh terry you know terry alexander i, I always like to latch on to the token black guy because i'm like okay what are you going to do because i'm putting myself in your shoes if anything if you're the only black guy in the situation and while i love his characters there's no emotional uh, uh in, investment that i've got there man and it just happens as his movies go along i know after survival of the dead he was going to make road of the dead and it was going to be like kind of like this mad max demolition derby shit where the zombies were driving these cars i believe i nah i remember when they announced that i had put a post up and i'm like listen y'all know how i feel about this guy man i was heartbroken with everything that happened but the fact that he wanted to make that movie i'm like that would not have been a good idea. I, I think that that would have just completely been taking this shit and just, you know, you're you're going like how people say Fast and Furious gets crazier and wilder every time. That's what that's the direction this was going in. So Road of the Dead, I was not crazy about. Now, 
the name I'm the title I'm about to say to y'all right now about this news here. This may sound familiar to to a lot of y'all out there, especially like during the days of like upcomingmovies.com, AOL dial-up, because I know this is where I was looking for um, the script for this movie, man. I never found it, but there were little hints of it online. And, you know, I'm talking about Twilight of the Dead, man. If that sounds familiar, that was the movie that George A. Romero had planned to do after Day of the Dead because there was a lot of shit that he wanted to do in Day of the Dead, but I don't think he, you know, it was like budgetary constraints. I don't think they gave him the money to do what he wanted to do. I think there was supposed to be like this above ground battle with the humans and the zombies, and that sounds cool, but I like Day of the Dead for taking a bit more claustrophobic approach like the first movie did you know dawn of the dead was basically open map you know what i'm saying it was grand theft zombie basically you could have anywhere to fucking run to anywhere to hide day of the dead it's like is way more claustrophobic because you're underground in this missile silo yeah there's limited places to run but the walls close in at some point when those zombies break in or when those zombies uh when miguel lets him in on that elevator so Twilight of the Dead was going to be George A. Romero's first movie back or fourth movie back in the day where he got to do all the things that he didn't get to do in uh, in Day of the Dead and more. And then it went from Twilight of the Dead. There's even a mention of Twilight of the Dead. How fucking disrespectful are you niggas to mention Twilight of the Dead in a movie like House of the Dead? There's a character that's like, those are reanimated corpses like out of a Romero movie. And he's like, yeah, Romero, like the Holy Trilogy, Night, Dawn, and Day. They said he was going to make Twilight of the, De- of the Dead one day, but I highly doubt it. And it's like, did y'all throw that in there to just utter his name in the movie or to just throw shade at him? Like, fuck that movie for even y'all even had the cojones don't even put you know twilight of the dead and george a romero in the same fucking context of that shitty ass house of the dead movie that was not even gonna go there this is like two episodes i've talked about him in in like the you know the last hour or so but i you know twilight of the dead went on to become dead reckoning and dead reckoning was this another script that i had looked for online back in the day and i didn't get much of that but there was, like I said, snippets of it. There was snippets of uh, the the character development, uh, you know, notes and what the dead Dead Reckoning was actually the name of the movie, but it was going to be the name of the the truck, which it was. In excuse me, in Land of the Dead, they ended up naming the big armor truck Dead Reckoning, but it was supposed to be the size of like. 10 city buses or some shit like that that was written in the script but there was a lot of ideas that were going on about what um you know what dead reckoning or twilight of dead was going to be and then it kind of just went under the rug and we got a uh, land of the dead which i actually have a lot of love for um i, I love that movie because it's like pre-walking dead you know they were going on scavenge runs and they had these these classes of people who have been you know, uh, it was basically it was the rich and the poor. You know, you had the soldiers, but you had classes of people that were like sanctioned off from, you know, uh, Fiddler's Green. Fiddler's Green was basically the fucking Trump Towers. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, you know, hence me saying that Dennis Hopper's character in that movie was the Donald Trump of all of that shit. But Twilight of the Dead, man, you know, I'm mentioning this now because um, they're saying, you know, this is uh, where we at. Collider said today that... Um, George A. Romero's Twilight of the Dead script is complete. Now, while, you know, as a writer, that definitely gives me the warm fuzzies to know that, you know, when you have put the end at the at the end of a story or script or whatever, however y'all close it out, it's a special moment, man. I miss moments like that. That's one of the reasons I'm about to get back into screenwriting and just story writing in general. It's, it's the creative process, but also when you finish it and you look down at that 
that beauty, even though the first draft might be a piece of shit, it's your piece of shit. You know, you look down at it and it's like, yo, I did that. Like, I created that. That's a magical moment, man, when you write the end and the script is finished. I love it. But on the flip side of that coin, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'll believe it when I see it. Now, granted, there is a strike going on, so nothing's really going to go into production at this point. But um, there is news that this is going to, it says the posthumous film from the legendary horror filmmaker is tentatively scheduled to begin production this year. Now, this year could mean anything. They could mean, you know, the, the, you know, before midnight on New Year's Eve. They could mean that, you know, and they could be like, well, technically we started this year. We don't know how long the strike and the circumstances. We don't know of all that shit right now, but this is what they're reporting here. And there's like three points that they make. Um, you know, under the headline here to say George A. Romero's final zombie movie, Twilight of the Dead, is finally in the works with with the collaboration of the Romero estate and L.A. based financier producer Roundtable. I've never heard of them, but the fact that the George A. Romero estate is handling this, I feel like that's the classiest thing to do. I feel like that's the proper thing to do. Um, because you want the people who were in close proximity with him the most outside of, you know, the people that he worked with, you want them to have hands in it, man. It's one of the reasons why, while I like, there's the selfish part of me. You can't wait to see Freddy Krueger on screen again. I understand why Wes Craven's estate is taking their sweet ass time and not rushing any fucking, just any old nightmare on Elm street property out there. We tried that shit in 2010 and that's what we got. I'm not saying no, you know, you did anything wrong, Samuel Bayer. You just made a shit movie. You know, I don't know if it was Michael Bay or a new line in his ear or whatever, Platinum Dunes, I don't know, but that movie sucked. So I can understand why, why Wes Craven's estate is, you know, just being very careful about this whole situation. Now, um, you know, the second point that they make to say here, it says the movie will serve as the conclusion to the Living Dead franchise, exploring the dark nature of a humanity through the perspective of the remaining humans in a world overrun by the undead. Um... Uh, that it sounds cool i i'm i'm not gonna lie to y'all man with the way that the last couple dead movies turned out i like i'm very much on the fence about this i'm excited because anything george a romero's name is attached to i like to give a chance uh, especially his stuff outside of the horror genre man i went back a couple years ago and watched night riders for the first time that's in george a romero's top five films man that's one of my favorite movies you know uh there's always vanilla i haven't seen season of the witch or the amusement park yet but i got i want to go back and watch martin and the crazies i haven't i haven't seen those movies in a while i don't think i've even seen the original crazies movies but you know mo movies where he you know stepped outside of his comfort zone man those are the interesting ones but you know, the, the way those last movies turned out, it's like, all right, man, you know, I hope I hope this is, is I hope it's good. I hope it's good, man. Uh, you know, the, the world obviously has got to be overrun at this point. It's got to be worse than Land of the Dead. Uh, Diary of the Dead doesn't really count as far as the continuity I'm about to talk about, because it, it served as like a like a reboot, like a prequel type of thing. They went back to the first night when all the shit hit the fan. But, you know, Land of the Dead and Survival of the Dead these fuckers have to be, you know, like, uh, like, you know, like strays out there, you know, like bugs, like y'all, I don't know how many of y'all have seen Jurassic World, 
um, Dominion, but the opening sequence is basically the Mosasaurus is in the ocean, the fucking Pterodactyls or the Pterodons, whatever they're called, they are, um, you know, they made a nest on top of a skyscraper. These motherfuckers are running around like wild animals, like it's just regular out there. I feel like that's what you have to do with the zombies, man. You gotta take what they did in Land of the Dead and just expand on that. Um, as, as far as a conclusion goes, I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay with this being the last one. This is, uh, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six. This will be the seventh one. Um, hopefully this is a lucky number seven here. And, um, you know, they say they, they're going to explore the dark nature of humanity, which is cool. Uh, you know, that's, that's one thing I want to see, you know, this is where we get into walking dead territory here. Um, one of the, th you know, when you say dark, na the dark nature of humanity, it makes me think of Walking Dead because it makes me look at, you know, how fucked up we are as humans in the midst of, um, you know, of, of terror. You know, one of the things that have has always been amazing about the first Night of the Living Dead movie, and it does, this, this applies to a couple of the other sequels, but one of the things that's always been fucking amazing about the first Night of the Living Dead movie is the fact that it's not even really the zombies. The zombies aren't the threat. We, you know, as a society are the threat to one another. You know, we can't even coexist in these zombie situations. We can't even coexist as, as civil human beings long enough to fucking survive one night. You know, I feel like had everybody in that first movie, you know, band together and work together and put their egos aside and just weren't fucking stupid like Tom and Judy, things like that, they would have survived with no problem. Teamwork. Making the dream work, you know, in Dawn of the Dead, our core four, the original core four in my eyes, pre-screen six, um, they they stuck together up until when the looters came. They were surviving. They they had they made it home sweet hell up in there, you know, up in that mall. Man, they were living the life. They cleaned house. They got the fucking dead zombies out of there. They blocked the entrances off. All was well until you had a group of looters who ran and, you know, who ran and ransacked their entire safe haven, man, then Day of the Dead, you get to that, and none of these motherfuckers got along with each other, even the soldiers had conflict in between them, and, you know, even the core three characters, um, I think it was, uh, 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 Lori Cardill, Jarlath Conroy, and Terry Alexander, they had their differences with them, too, you know, it's like, it's the human, it's the human conflict in these zombie movies that's really the fucking problem, man. So if we're going to explore the dark nature of humanity, yeah, this is where we get in the Walking Dead territory where you might, you might, you know, you might go on a scavenge run and come across a group of people who may want to just kill you just because. If you got a woman with you, they might want to, you know, rape her or kill her just because. Like you got to get to. I'm not saying they should go to that extreme in particular, but this is the type of shit you got to showcase. If we are this deep into the, into the zombie apocalypse, man, we can't make it, you know, we can't do Resident Evil Afterlife where everybody's got hairstylists and barbers and, you know, personal, you know, uh, uh, personal clothing designers and shit. These were the, the, the freshest motherfuckers I've ever seen in a zombie apocalypse in, in Resident Evil Afterlife. It's not realistic. Yeah, you got people that are from different walks of life that want to band together. You got somebody that's going to turn on somebody at some point and fuck up the whole plan. It's going to happen. I feel like that's one of the that's one of the cliches of zombie movies that you have to have happen because depending on how you play it out in each movie, it'll never grow old, man. It'll never grow stale. I feel like um, let's get crazy with these humans. Let's have... I feel like if we've got human drama with our main characters 
and sometimes they're unlikable cool but we've got to have another group of motherfuckers that we can't stand we got to want to see them the 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 seemingly good ones we got to want to see them triumph and we got to want to see the bad motherfuckers either get killed by them or eaten by the zombies i prefer to get them eaten by zombies because the way that they got their asses handed to them no soldiers and day of the dead that is uh, those are some of the most shocking and just gruesome deaths in any zombie movie and shout out to tom savini because he killed those effects in that movie now the third thing here that they say before we you know before we get into this and um you know i i say my little my little piece before we wrap this up man uh it says the production team is actively seeking a director and considering potential cast members to bring the vision of a thought-provoking socio-political commentary to life um okay now as far as a director it, it, it you know george a romero's not here i don't know anybody else that could do this you know i just got finished talking about um you know christopher landon possibly directing a scream movie after radio silence did it and i was always talking about man i you know i i said that i was i was always talking about let me get my words together here people i was mentioning how i'm always talking about how i want my franchises to have their identities and have consistency with the same director but that's not realistic in this case it's definitely not realistic because like the scream franchise this creator who you know paved the way for this series to still be alive and well he's no longer with us i have no idea who would be the second in command the first person that came to mind though just now is tom savini um and i go back to what i was saying about the scream franchise the the next man up mentality I'm, i love that they've got kevin williamson loosely involved in the making of these last two scream movies because that was that was um Wes Craven's right hand man. So of course you want your right hand man to oversee the you know oversee the project. That's decent. But um Tom Savini, he came to mind just now because you know Tom Savini was supposed to do the special effects in Night of Night of the Living Dead, the original. And I think he said he you know he ended up going to the military and becoming like a a, a photographer or something like that. So he did the effects for Dawn of the Dead. He did the effects for Day of the Dead, a couple other Romero movies um, pre-1990. And then smack dead in 1990, George A. Romero gave him the keys to the car and said, listen, you can direct this remake of Night of the Living Dead and we can make some money off of this shit that we missed out on the first time around. And um, that is, again, I, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, this is one of the best gestures I've ever seen in the in the industry, in the entertainment industry, man, because... You know, to, to to get the keys to that car must have been everything to Tom Savini. He must have been like a kid in a candy store making that Night Living Dead movie. And I feel like it'd be a testament to their friendship, like their brotherhood, man, uh, if Tom Savini stepped on board to direct this movie. I'm not sure if um, I, I, I don't know, man, there's there's so much shit going on with with properties that are attached to George A. Romero. This is not the only one, man. And while I do like. I'm reserved about a lot of shit here because I don't know how this is going to play out now that he's not around. And I'm reserved about this because I know how the last two movies played out when he was around. He directed them. And listen, I'm not even being disrespectful. And I I was just telling my girl the same thing today. I said, I'm a fan like my my goats. I'm a fan of them so much so that I know when they can do better. You know, I would be the ultimate fanboy that just took any old thing if I didn't if I didn't say, 
okay, it was okay, but I know that this movie could have been better because of X, Y, and Z. And that's just me being a movie buff, man. I'm no fucking, you know, Siskel or Ebert, but I or Roper, for that matter. But I'm just saying, like, as, as somebody that loves movies and somebody that's trying to break into that, you know, that field, I, I, I have to give criticisms, man. And I, I feel like the like if George A. Romero was to be around to direct this, I still would be like, all right, man, like, can we please make it better than the last two? Like, please, can we make this better than the last two? But now that he's not, not here, like, if it's not Tom Savini, I'm looking at it like, I don't know, man, like, we've already got Night of the Living Dead 2 coming out, man, with all three Day of the Dead survivors reprising their roles, man, Jarlath Conroy, Lori Cardill, and Terry Alexander came back, man, there's a website for it, there's an Instagram uh, page for it, and there's set photos, there's a couple set photos, David Howard Thornton is in Night of the Living Dead 2, and it does take place after the events of Day of the Dead, where that island that they were on at the end of the movie... They're still there, and there's zombies washing ashore. I don't know if these motherfuckers learned how to swim, but this movie, I've been waiting, you know, since they announced it, they announced um, Night of the Living Dead 2, which is a very strange fucking title. Uh, you could have just called it Something of the Dead. I don't know. Like, Sunrise of the... I don't... Whatever. But it's a strange title, but I remember when they announced it, it's a black and white video of the three survivors from Day to Dead, all of them got their weapon of choice. They're all covered in blood for the most part. They they either covered in blood or I remember them looking pretty pretty fucked up. But they've got their weapons like in a in a in a down and ready stance, man. They're ready to whoop ass. But the music they're playing in the background is that weird like synth. I don't know if it's a synthesizer that they like fucked around with, but the music that's playing or sound effects when the zombies are eating Tom and Judy in the original 1968 movie. Now, I don't know if y'all know what I'm talking about. Please go back and just watch that scene. That is the music that's playing. And I'm like, bet. When do we get it? I've been wondering what happened to these survivors, man. Uh, You know, but that's coming out. We've got a a direct sequel to night of the living dead coming out, man. Um, there's a, one of the, there's a black director, and a black writer, black female directors and writers, man, they were a part of. Uh, I, I want to say one of the one of the Walking Dead um, series they were a part of. But she's doing a direct sequel to the original Night of the Living Dead, and I'm I am more than intrigued. Am I concerned? Absolutely, yeah. I know the the original movie still exists, but when you decide to, you know, you tread them waters and you you know you you do a direct sequel to Night of the Living Dead, which I think could be pulled off. I don't know if they're gonna have um, uh, Judith O'Day come back which would be very interesting but i i don't know is it going to be uh what happened directly after like halloween 2 style or are we doing halloween 2018 where it's been years later i'm cool with i'm cool with either one but i would much rather see what happens uh, do a period piece 1968 do what happens right after the militia burn ben's body like do they get shot down by another militia i have no idea what's um what's going on but uh like people as far as this twilight of the dead coming out man i i am concerned but i am i am curious too i i don't know which i don't know if my my curiosity outweighs my concern here i feel like only time will tell but i just i'm i'm very particular about you know my george A. romero zombie shit now granted nothing you know night of the living dead is the greatest movie of all time you know greatest movie of all time zombie movie of all time horror movie of all time it's, it's the goat over everything any day of the week for me so that's that's a bar that's been set you know there there hasn't been a movie to dethrone that ever and i don't think there ever will be but 
Dawn of the Dead is another bar that was set so high, man, because there hasn't, in a, in a zombie movie, I don't think there's an emotional attachment like the one I have to those characters, man. Not even Return of the Living Dead and Return of the Living Dead 3, which I love. You know, I just watched Return of the Living Dead last night, but um, I, I'm, I'm very weird about the, the I want to say like I'm protective over those first two, the, the first three especially, and I do love Land of the Dead, the last two, like I said, I feel how I feel about them. But it's just like, all right, man, if you're going to cap this off, this has to have a little sprinkle of every movie that's come before it. Every movie in the Dead Saga, we've got to have a little bit of fan service from each one. But this has to, like all the other movies have been, for better and worse, you know, they, they have to stand on their own and be different and, and introduce something different that the other movies haven't, you know, that we haven't seen. Man. And they do do that, man. You know, one of the things that I can give Diary of the Dead and Survival of the Dead credit for, while I don't particularly like those films, they give us shit that we haven't seen before. You know, uh, I think Survival of the Dead, there were like two islands of these families or these two groups of families. And, you know, I think they were trying to find a cure and save their loved ones and shit like that. And you also... <laughs> It's like George A. Romero broke his own rule, man, where he's like, well, these aren't really sequels, per se. They just, you know, these movies stand on their own. But yet you got Joe Palato in Dawn of the Dead as a cop. And then he's a soldier in, you know, in um, Day of the Dead. And then you've got the cop who played uh, the guy who played Brubaker in Land of the Dead. Now, he, Brubaker turned into a zombie. Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, God damn it. I can't remember the fucking dude's name in Land of the Dead. Uh, what's his name? Riley? Riley Denbo, yep. He kills Brubaker, but Brubaker pops up in Diary of the Dead, which makes sense because it's a prequel. But then you flash forward to, um, you know, Survival of the Dead, and I guess it's, I guess they tie it in. Yeah, they do. They tie it in because they show the footage of when Brubaker, or not, Br whatever. The that actor they show the footage from that actor from diary to dead at some point in the beginning of survival of the dead but you got these reoccurring characters for movies that aren't sequels per se but you know it, it's cool man i i just i want this to be great but it's because it's george a romero because it's in the dead saga because it, because of how the last two movies played out for me i'm i'm i, I can't help but be concerned excuse me um but i i'm i'm gonna give this a chance man i'm gonna give this a chance and i feel like if this is not a great film overall then cool i've got three four at best because land of the dead i've got a lot of problems with that movie i think it was almost too much money in that budget <laughs> to be used man because it's cg gore is green screen and all types of spec there's a zombie and land of the dead whose head is gone but it's still very much attached by his spine so he like jerks his body forward to flip his head onto somebody's arm and bite it off it's a bad effect fucking dope ass idea on paper and i'm pretty sure the storyboards looked amazing but that shit it was too much goddamn money they gave george A. romero for land of the dead i would have much rather loved but you know granted the things he wanted to do that he couldn't do like i said in day of the dead he wanted to pull off with this movie and it was a major studio behind it that time i think universal put out you know um land of the dead so it was good that my man got his dues and got his you know some spec put on his name i can't really talk about you know i can talk about how you know some of the effects are like the cg effects are bad in that movie but 
on the flip side of it, it's good that he, you know, they finally started like respecting him. Okay, we'll give him, we'll give him way more money to make this this time. I just, I just feel like, you know, like don't give me a trillion dollars to make a movie. Don't give me a billion dollars to make a movie because I'm blowing the earth up. I'm being awesome. Y'all know how Roland Emmerich blows up every fucking thing on earth and just leaves no crumbs behind. Then I'm gonna blow up like the galaxy in my movie if you give me a billion dollars. I swear to God. And then this, the moment that they start, you know, critiquing it. Like when they when they do it, you know, when they review it and they'd be like, this movie sucks. He just blew up the galaxy and that was it. It's just blow up, blow up, blow up, explosion. I'm going to be like, yeah, but y'all love Michael Bay, though. So shut the fuck up, man. But I listen, I don't know what the what the financial situation is going to be here. They just said that they were looking for a, um, or oh, no, they were they said they finally in the works with the collaboration of the Romero estate and L.A. based financier producer Roundtable. Now, Roundtable, I don't know what their money is like. I don't know how long their money is. But if this movie ends up not having a really big budget, I feel like that may work in its favor. I feel like less is more at times. And the less money you have, the more creative you have to get with making your film. It's one of the reasons I love those independent horror films, man, because it's like, okay, what can we do with this shoestring budget? You know how, you know, Night of the Living Dead was a very cheaply made film, but there are effects in there. You know, the gun, the the, the way that the, the wounds happen when the squibs go off it's decent man it's, it's really decent they had more money to play with in dawn of the dead but you know even on a budget it, it, it's a small budget in comparison to what they probably had for Zack snyder's dawn of the dead but they still managed to get really creative with the kills and the gore and um the the just the way that the zombies i mean the zombies looked crazy but they all were like painted blue and gray for the most part. But you did have standout zombies with with prominent makeup scattered throughout the film. But then you get to Day of the Dead where every zombie looked different. There wasn't one zombie that did not look different, man. The makeup's amazing in that movie. And Land of the Dead, too, man. If there's one thing I'll give all the George A. Romero zombie movies, it's the zombie effects, man. Uh, the, the, the makeup that they do uh, to those zombies, man. It, it, it makes it stand out. This uh, Twilight of the Dead, man, here's hoping here's hoping is good uh let me see if i missed anything in this article here they just showed a picture of david emge as zombie Flyboy. that's um let's say currently there's no release window announced obviously uh, let's see paolo zelati who also worked on the treatment with romero finished the script with joe netter and robert lucas producing alongside romero are john baldecci sarah donnelly paolo Zelt, what, what I just said his name and I fucked it up again. Whatever, it's a bunch of motherfuckers behind it. You know, executive producers, all that. I hope, man. I, I, I hope that um, collectively, these uh, these these people pull it together. I, I really hope they do. I hope that they give this franchise the swan song that it deserves, especially after you know hardcore fans like me. It, the ones that share the same sentiment as me were disappointed as hell with the last two. I hope that this gets a proper send off so that we can move on to, you know, Night of the Living Dead 2 and the Night of the Living Dead, the, the separate Night of the Living Dead direct sequel. And the, I don't know if this is still happening, but there's a Night of the Living Dead remake coming out with Vivica Fox by the same director who did like Werewolf versus Sharktopus or something. Yeah, because we're all looking forward to that shit. Now, when, uh, when listen, First of all, it's going to be people out there bitching. Oh, they, they gender swapped the main character. We're not with it. Yeah, uh, if they gender swapped Ben, you know, if they name her Benita or some shit like that, and it's Vivica Fox, I'm like, all right, I can buy that. We've had bad remakes of Night of Living Dead. You know, the 1990 remake is perfect. It's fine. But then you had Night of Living Dead 3D and Resurrection and Reanimation and all that other bullshit. 
So if they put Vivica Fox in there, I was like, all right, cool. But then I saw the director, and I'm thinking to myself, like, okay, is Vivica Fox just here for the check? Because she's in a lot of bullshit nowadays. Nothing against her, but when I seen Vivica Fox in Sharknado, like, really trying to act, I was like, okay, baby. Like, no, I don't even give a fuck about this Night Living Dead remake anymore. Um, I'll catch it for an intoxic commentary or something like that. But Twilight of the Dead, man, like I said, here's hoping, people. Here's hoping that... We get a proper swan song for what the the man, the myth, the goat, the legend created for us, man. It's it's, it's still living on, man. It, it's it is very much um, a product of what George A. Romero created, man. He created the zombie genre, his zombie genre, and it, it's just it's still alive and well, man. The irony, right? But people. Y'all already know where to go, man. And if y'all don't, y'all can follow the podcast on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Breaker, Radio Public, Podbean, and Podcast Addict. Shout out to Spotify for podcasters. Follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok for Meryl Tudor. Shout out to the Facebook movie group, The Cinemaniacs. And last but certainly not least, shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there. Got to wrap this one up, man, because I, I, I've i got commentary that I was supposed to get to. But, you know, like I said in my last, um, you know, in that uh, uh, Scream 7 episode, I was like, this shit completely derailed my schedule. So I definitely got to get to this commentary, man. But y'all know the love and support y'all show me. I show it back to y'all tenfold and then some. So with that being said, people, yours truly, Romero Tudor. Another episode of Tudor Reviews in the can. I'll check y'all on the next one.